Welcome to UC Easy's podcast, Get Schooled. At UC Easy, we are passionate about the student journey through high school and the college admissions process. We are experts from around the country that come together on a shared mission to support you. Through conversations with counselors, writing coaches, career and industry experts, former UCEZ students, and even our CEOs, you will learn, laugh, and maybe even cry, but hopefully find yourself on a better path in your own journey. You won't find this level of expertise and passion about the college admissions process from anywhere else. So come and get schooled by the UCEZ team. Hi, everybody. Um, so thank you for listening to our podcast today. Uh, today, I'm going to have one of my newer colleagues introduce herself who's joining us today uh, for this conversation. And our conversation today is, is kind of the general term of managing expectations. And so we'll talk about what we mean about that. But first, I would like to introduce Annie, and she's going to talk a little bit about her background and her role at UC Easy. So Annie, thank you for joining me today on our podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, Jen. I'm really excited. Uh, so yeah, so I am pretty new to UC Easy. I'm super pumped to be here. Uh, I've loved the opportunity to get to to know so many amazing folks, um, and I'm I'm really excited. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. So I have a background in college counseling and in program development, specifically focused in the Bay Area. Um, I supported uh, exclusively first generation students in their college pursuits uh, for a number of years. And I completed a doctorate of education, uh, focusing on international multicultural education at the University of San Francisco. And my dissertation research was also specifically focusing on um, the college counseling experience for first generation students. And so uh, my research was, you know, trying to understand and identify the different types of supports that both students and parents need um, if they are the first in family to go to college or the first in family to go to college within the United States. Um, as well as identifying a lot of the strengths that, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of the strengths that the family, that these families bring to the college process and uh, making sure that counselors are aware of those strengths to be able to really utilize those and capitalize on that to uh, really make the students stand out in the college application um, process and make it a little less stressful for them. <laughs> A little less stressful, right? Just, Just a, a little, little bit, yeah. Little bit, and so, and, and really, what, what my research pointed to at the end of the day was that it's it's ultimately a partnership between the counselor and the families, um, and that it's not um, you know one fully leading the other, but really um, a collaboration and and a very intentional relationship. So. Yeah, and I thank you for that. And I think that also leads into your role at UC Easy and how you support all the programs, um, but then also are there for support for families and students too. Absolutely. So I am the current uh, vice president of programs. And so what that means is that I support all the program leads. So Jen is a program lead who, who runs the writing program. Um, and I support all the program leads to make sure that they have what they need to be able to uh, best support the counselors, as well as best support the families. And then additionally, my role is to look at the different puzzle pieces of those programs to make sure that they put together a very comprehensive experience for our students. So that when they come in at the beginning of their college journey, they're getting a very holistic or a very, um, as I said, comprehensive experience of working with um, a bunch of different folks and getting the support they need all the way through to their graduation. 
I uh, didn't even introduce myself. So thank you for, <laughs> for mentioning that. I was so excited yes. to introduce you. But yes, for those listening, I am Jen Brookover. I'm the director of the writing program, but I'm also a counselor too. And I have been a counselor for years. So, you know, when we talk today about managing expectations, um, that's a very general term, but there's a lot involved with that. And so we're going to discuss some things. And, and again, this is our advice from our experience of, of between the two of us, decades of, of work and, and experience experience with that. So when we're talking, you know, and thinking about students and families managing their expectations for the college application process, what, what does that entail? Like, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. So I think there's a couple different elements to managing expectations. The first thing is communication. I think it's really, really important um, that parents and students are talking to each other right? Because I think sometimes a student has one set of expectations and a parent has another set. Um, and so making sure that there's open communication channels between the, the within the family is really important. But then also that communication is really open and authentic with the counselor, right? So uh, one of the things that we pride ourselves in here at UC Easy is that while we have... Um, a very comprehensive approach to the approach to the college process, we also individualize it um, for each family. And so what I mean by that is some families need certain things and other families need other things. And if the family is able to communicate that and have an open dialogue with the counselor about what their needs are, then the counselor is able to shift and make sure that those needs are being met. Um, Part of my role, which I didn't share earlier, is that I also uh, work with any families that are having some difficulties um, with either... um, how their their application process is going or how the counselor experience is going or any concerns they have about some of the services that they're they're having and so my my role is to listen to the families and understand what their needs are um, and then try to work as a liaison between them and the counselor to make sure that the counselor is aware of these needs right so some families for example um, they they might want more um, deliverable information, right? So at the end of each meeting, they might uh, request more concrete information that they can then work on that offline, right? Other families, they don't need that. They need something else. And so it's just really important that the counselor is aware of what those needs are. So that way they can um, support the student and support the family. Um, and, and sometimes what that looks like is the families actually want to have a meeting with the counselor independent of the student. So that way they can kind of share um, any of the stressors that they're they're dealing with, right? Without having to add stress to their child's lives, they can talk with the counselor and really unpack some of that with the counselor. And that's been something that I've seen to be really productive. Yeah, that's really important about that open communication, because if I, as a counselor, am not aware of any concerns or aren't any questions aren't addressed to me, I'm assuming no news is good news and everything's okay. And we're kind of going, you know, trucking along. So, you know, there's mm-hmm. that piece um, too, with that, that communication is so important to ask the questions. And I know, you know, with working with a lot of first generation students, um, parents don't know the application process. And even those who are and have been educated in the United States, it has changed so much. I I mean, Mm -hmm. it's changed from the 20 some years since I graduated. I'm not going to do the math or try to figure out (laughs) how that is. But um, I tell students and parents all the time, I applied to two colleges Mm -hmm. and got into both and picked one. That was it. And I don't even know (laughs) if I had essays to write for undergrad. So it's a whole different world right now. And that also puts on a lot of expectations because I feel that parents and students hear things 
about the college application process and then question a lot of it and need yeah. to trust us as the experts too. Yeah. And that's a big piece of it. And so I would say that's the second part about managing expectations, um, which, you know, fits into the whole communication piece, but there is so much information out there and there's so much misinformation and there's so much anecdotal information that's out there. Um, and the fact that, you know, the college uh, process has changed some, even in the last three years because of COVID, how the college application process is versus three years ago is totally different. And so what, you know, your cousin's sister's kid might've gone through three years ago um, might not be relevant information today. Um, and even if they applied last year to colleges, it still might not be relevant today because even more schools are doing test optional, for example. Right. And so I think um, the piece that's really important for families to know is that our counselors are staying current. Um, we're constantly in communication with each other, um, knowing what's happening in the college counseling landscape. Um, we have contacts on the like, quote unquote, inside. Right. We have folks who work in admissions at universities who are able to tell us about the trends that they're seeing, you know, whether it's for computer science or engineering or business. Um, and then we're able to use that information to inform how we counsel the students. And so, you know, a big piece of this is when a family comes to UC Easy, um, you know, you're, you're coming to us because you know that we're the experts. And so the, the biggest piece about managing expectations is, is to trust us. Um, and of course, ask questions, you know, make sure you understand, don't just blindly follow. That's not what I'm saying, but to trust that our counselors have, your students' best interests in mind, um, and then they really know what they're doing. Um, and so when they say, please apply to this other school, there's a reason for that. It's not just because, you know, uh, they're just saying, well, we want to apply to more than school than just Stanford, but like, actually, they think this is a great computer science program. Your student has a really good chance of getting in there. They're going to be really successful at this program. Um, it's in a city that the kid wants to live in, whatever the case might be. So if they say, please apply there, trust them that that is a good recommendation. <laughs> yes. And I, I, that definitely leads into a piece that I, I want to talk about because um, it is the world of college applications. Um, you know, with our juniors right now, we have either done a college list and created a college list for them or in the process of it. And then mm -hmm. our seniors right now are waiting. They're just, you know, yes. unfortunately they're in that waiting mode. They might've heard from a few early action schools, whether they got denied, accepted <clears throat> or um, deferred. And now they're waiting because the month of March, March is mostly all the UCs and a lot of those regular decision schools. So they'll hear by the 1st of April. So there's a lot of stress right now. Yeah. There's a lot this of, is the hardest part. This is the hardest yeah, part. There's a lot sure. of questioning. And I'm not, I can't exaggerate. I got four emails yesterday, um, three from students, one from a parent, all like questioning their college list. These are seniors. Um, it's, it's, it's too late to question your college list in February, end of February. Um, I also had a senior who wants to change their major, like all this stuff because they're starting to panic. So sure. Going back to a college list, um, let's chat a little bit about, about that and what that means and where that managing expectations is so important with this. Absolutely. So first, I want to acknowledge to the seniors that this is the hardest part of it, right? You have done everything you possibly could. You've taken the classes. You've done the extracurriculars. You've taken your tests. You know, you filled out your essay applications, you've written your essay, you've done everything. And now you're in that space where you, you've fully given up all control. 
until you hear back from the schools. And so it is super scary. It is super stressful. And that's a very real, um, you need to trust that you did everything within your power to put the best version of yourself forward. And you have to trust that you selected the right schools to apply to. Um, and it's okay to not get into every single school you apply to. In fact, you shouldn't get into every school you apply to because if you get into every school you apply to, then you did not reach high enough. So you should get rejected from some schools and that's okay. Um, but it's hard to sit and wait. So I totally get that. So I want to acknowledge that. Um, but going back to your other question about uh, creating a balanced list. So for those of you that are juniors that are listening and you're starting to freak out that that's going to be you at some point, you still have some control over what is going to happen. Um, your counselor is going to recommend a bunch of lit schools to you. You might come to your counselor, maybe you and your parents, maybe you and your cousin, maybe you and your best friend um, came up with a big long list. Um, you may have gotten this information from US News and World Report. You may have gotten it from Google. You may have gotten it from your neighbor. Um, that's a great place to start, right? Because you don't know what you don't know. But that's not where you're going to finish. Your colleges is not going to end with what you handed to your counselor in that first meeting when you discussed colleges, right? That's the whole reason why you hired a counselor. It's to make sure that they can give you really good feedback based on who you are as a person, what your goals and aspirations are, and also what's happening in the world right now, right? Um, unfortunately, nobody can guarantee you admission to any particular school. Um, and if anyone tells you they can guarantee it, they're just stealing your money because it's not true. They can't. Nobody can guarantee that. What we can say is you have a really good shot of getting into this school. You have a fair shot or it's going to be really difficult for you to get in based on the statistics. So when you're putting together your college list, I think the piece that is the most important and what I always tell my students is any school on this list, whether it's a reach school, a target school or a safety school, needs to be a school that you could see yourself at and be happy at that school. Meaning, if you know under no circumstances do you want to go to a college out in the middle of a field with a bunch of cows, I don't care how great the name of that school is, don't apply there. <laughs> if you want to be in a city, then apply to the schools in the city, right? If you um, love this one college, but it does not have your major, and you are dead set on that being your major, then you should not be applying to that school, no matter how amazing the name of that school is, right? Now, if you're undecided or you've narrowed it, but you're not sure what specifically that, that's different, then you can definitely um, look at those schools. But every single school on your list, what I, what I would tell students is cover all the other schools on that list and say you only got into that one. Would you be okay going there? If the answer is no, you should not be applying. Annie, I think you've been in my meetings. You've taken all my, <laughs> I say that all the time. I'm like, this would probably would not happen, but if you got denied from every single school on your list, except that one, would you yeah. still go there? And they're like, no. I'm like, then why are you applying? Do then not don't apply. apply. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of time and energy, but also the fact that they don't see this. I see this as a counselor. Ethically, you're applying to all the UCs, but you know you're not going to want to go to maybe three or four of them. Other kids want to go to those schools, and now you're taking up spots. So the applications yeah. are increasing and going through the roof, which makes it more competitive, more impacted, especially for certain majors. And you already know that I don't want to go to that school. So ethically, I'm like, then why are you doing that to people who want to get into that 
that school. Mm-hmm. So there's a moral piece of it that sure. some people don't see. Um, and then just to talk about the balance too, like there are probable schools that we still can't say you're guaranteed, but you have a very strong right. chance. 60, 50, 60% are higher acceptance rates, lower GPA, lower um, test scores if applicable. Then we got our target schools that, okay, still a com- little more competitive, but you still have a very decent chance of getting in. And it goes back to what you were saying. No counselor can ever say, yes, mm-hmm. you'll get into that school because there are factors beyond our understanding and knowledge. Like right now, I ha- we have no idea as counselors how many students have applied to the schools. We know the trend from last year and the past couple of years and that data. So we can't say, oh, even a target school, like you have a strong chance, but it's still competitive. And especially for certain impact majors, majors. then Mm -hmm. the notorious, and I say notorious because these are all the schools that students come to me with with their initial list, reach and far reach. We have all the Ivy leagues on there, you know, Stanford's on there, Harvard's on there, Princeton, Yale, and then USC and like all these, these top, top schools that have less than 8% acceptance rate. So we recommend applying to maybe, maybe two or three far reach and then mm-hmm. you know a few reach, but there's that balance of the target and the uh, probable. <laughs> Talk a little bit about why that's so important because I can speak of doing this for 20 some years. Mm-hmm. I would say 60% of my students, I'm bad with math. I'm just making up numbers, but like I would say like <laughs> half of my students don't do the balanced college list. So this yeah. time is really difficult. Well, you know, I think the piece um, that society does not reinforce this. So it makes sense that students feel this way, but there is life beyond your college acceptance. Right? So you, what, the end all and be all of your entire human existence is not based on which school you've been admitted to. Okay. Because then you have to get there and then you have to be successful in that school. You have to take advantage of the opportunities and you can go to Harvard and totally party it up and miss out on all of the opportunities. Or you can go to some teeny tiny liberal arts school in the middle of the country and end up being, you know, a, a teaching assistant and doing research as a freshman um, and, and, and come out of there and be able to go off and do some really amazing things. And so um, I do, I, I am not trying to say that anybody who cares about the kind of school they go to, like, that's obviously important. I'm not invalidating that. Um, but I think there's so much pressure on students in particular about where they get in that nobody talks about once you get there how can you be successful in that school? And then how can you be successful beyond, right? Like you graduate when you're what, 22? You, you have like so much more of life after that to, to still grow and develop when your career, your personal experience, traveling, all, all this crazy stuff. Um, and so, you know, I think it's really, that's another reason why it's really important to have a balanced list. Because who knows, you get to go to college in Philadelphia and you're from California and like that could be a really amazing, totally different opportunity than you had originally planned. And, um, you know, who knows what you can do with that? 
Yeah. Annie's through in Philadelphia because I'm from there. So she knows how. <laughs> so thank you. I also went to college in Philly. So you know, shout I, love, Philly. I love <laughs> So shout out to Philly. Um, but again, it, it's so important because, you know, not all of us go to Ivy League schools. So does that saying those of us who don't go to Ivy League schools don't have a strong career? And what defines a strong school and a strong reputation? So kind of looking at those U.S. News and World Reports, like I'm not a fan of those because we never know what the formula is to get there. And if you look at those yeah. lists, the top 20 schools on those lists are usually all Ivy League. Well, I'm like, yeah. well, of course, right? So does that saying that there's not strong programs at Purdue, UIUC, University of Maryland, you know, other schools that you might not have thought of. So we can't stress enough, and that's why we're spending so much time on this, is that yeah. Please listen to your counselor for expertise. So for example, my computer science, pre-med business majors, you know, and engineering majors, those are the most impacted majors. We aren't going to give you the typical list that you might've done when you Googled it because there's more to it than that. So right. just to throw out stats, like University of Washington, UW, great school, still a competitive school, but still the target school for most students. But computer science this past year was a 3% acceptance rate. Three. So when I put that on a list, I usually don't put it on a list for computer science because it's almost like an Ivy League type acceptance. Yeah. Even more difficult. But you wouldn't know that if you just did your basic research. So please trust us that we have databases that we use. We go to each mm -hmm. other. We have that, that support. Um, and I also, yes. oh, sorry. I just wanted to add that, um, you know, when you get to college, the experience of college is more than just the major, right? It's the extracurriculars that are available, the leadership opportunities, the internships, the partnerships that the university has with like, say, hospitals or businesses. Um, a lot of universities are even like kind of like theaters into graduate programs. So there's a lot of elements that go into deciding what school is a good fit, right? Um, and sometimes it's a really great opportunity to go to a tiny liberal arts college. I'll just give you an example from my own life. Um, I went to a tiny liberal arts college in Philadelphia. And I was lucky enough that as a freshman, since I already knew what my major was going to be, I declared psychology as a major. I went to my professor the, like the first week of school and I said, I'm really excited. I love all these classes. Blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, okay. Are you interested in starting to do some research for me? And I was like, sure. I was thinking I was going to be filing papers, whatever. Here I am, this like young, you know, 18 year old kid. And suddenly I found myself going in and out of, um, Sorry, I found myself going in inside out of uh, daycare centers in Philadelphia, where I was doing the evaluation of the quality of the daycare um, teaching programs. So I was in between my classes going and spending four to five hours um, at Head Start programs to determine if the money that was being put into the Head Start programs in Philadelphia was having an impact and if the teachers were getting the training that they needed to provide um, a, a enriching program to these two and three and four-year-old children. And I was actually collecting real data that was going into a real study that was being used at the policy level to make decisions about how money was being spent in Philadelphia. And that's, I, I was 18. How cool is that? You know, I never would have had that opportunity if I had gone to um, a much bigger school that might've had a quote unquote great name. But since I was at a space where I felt comfortable um, asserting myself, I was, I had the opportunity to do something like that at such an early age. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it, you know, you want to go visit the schools too. You cannot go by what's mm-hmm. on the website or the brochure nope. because just, I, I use the example of like when you're planning a trip and you look at that hotel website and you're like, wow, that hotel looks really great. And then you get there, you're like, well, that's not what it looked like mm-hmm. on the brochure, you know? So it, again, you want to get on that campus. You want to yep. walk around. You want to ask as many questions as you can and do webinars and virtual tours. Sure. But get on that, that campus. Um, absolutely. So, absolutely. Um, so I know we could talk about this all day um, with the application process, but kind of ending and leading into um, the whole application process itself can be very stressful for both yeah. students and parents. So yep. what advice do you have? Um, let's start with students. What advice do you have for students and how to manage this, this stress as they're in the thick of it, as they're leading up to it? as well, or even, you know, my, our underclassmen, ninth and 10th graders thinking about Mm -hmm. it, how do you manage that stress? Yeah. So definitely depending on what stage of the process you are, depends on how you manage that stress. Um, But one piece is remember that your self-worth does not depend on where you're admitted to school. Okay. Um, That's number one. Number two is that, um, do the best you can, whatever that is, right? You can literally only do the best that you can do. And you will then be able to do the best in that university or college and be as successful as you can in that space. And when you are as a senior and you're in this like in between waiting to hear back from schools, trust that you you did do the best you could. And and uh, whatever's going to happen, you know, you, you can't control that right now. Um, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be frustrated. But also, you know, I'm, I know that you followed your counselor's advice. I know that you're going to get admitted to a number of schools. You will have plenty of options um, and you will end up at the right place uh, where you can then excel and, and just, you know, live the rock star life, right? Um, for parents, I think, you know, checking in on your kids, making sure that they're okay, um, they are highly stressed. They care whether they present like they do or don't is, is a, a different thing, but there's no doubt that they care about how they're doing. Um, and they need to be reminded that you love them no matter what schools they get into or don't get into, um, and that you support them. Right. Um, and, and have real conversations with them about, you know, what your hopes are and your expectations and, and explain why, why are those your hopes and expectations, right? They have a different lived experience than you do. Um, so contextualize it for them, tell them your story, tell them your experience of going to college and the pieces that were, you know, really challenging for you. Talk about your experience, uh, immigrating to the U S and what that was like for you. Um, share that with them, contextualize it so that they have um, an understanding of what's going on and why you feel the way that you feel. So that way you can have a a very open conversation. Um, and for the younger ones, make a list, make a checklist, cross things off your checklist, put deadlines on your checklist, use a, a calendar so you can keep up with what you need to do. Um, and when you're getting overwhelmed, don't hide in a hole, go to your counselor and say, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. And they will, they will walk you through that process of getting out of that hole, but don't just shut down and stop responding to emails because you're scared. That won't help anything. (laughs) I agree. I think that's all of it's really great advice. And going back to knowing your value, having your value and your worth. So I always tell my students that no class, no AP test score, no college admissions or denial is worth your physical or mental health. Uh, It's not. 
It's not. And and speaking as somebody who's lived a little bit longer than my students and a little bit older, I can say that when I didn't get a certain job or a certain opportunity, there was, it led me to something else too. Yeah. But when you're in the heart of it, it is frustrating. It is upsetting. Absolutely. So it is a balance of we're not going to deny that and acknowledge that it is upsetting and we're disappointed. Um, but I think also parents have a really important part in that role of how are you talking about college? Are you yeah. putting those, again, managing expectations? Are you putting on this pressure to your child about if they don't get into blank school, then the other ones aren't worth it? Are you sending that message? Are we as parents trying to live vicariously through our kids because we didn't get into blank school, so we want them to go to go there? You know, So all of those things too, but when our students are frustrated and overwhelmed and frazzled, I tell them, get always go to your mental health and physical health. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, shut the computer. And I got to take my own advice sometimes too. Like if you're feeling overwhelmed and you're just not able to focus, go outside, take a walk, watch a funny movie, talk to a friend, do all those things that are in your support system. And if you don't have a good support system, build one, find one or two people that you can talk to and vent about but do it in a constructive way of like, okay, I'm venting. And now I feel a little bit better. What's my action. Let me call my accounts, talk to my counselor. Let me do this when I'm feeling a little bit more focused. It's okay to stop and breathe and take mm-hmm. a nap and make sure you're eating and getting rest. Take a, take a long shower. Yeah. <laughs> so go take a walk. I'm all about go yeah. out and get, get some sunshine or sorry, East coast people, um, just bundle up and it's, it's nice out today. It nice out today. Um, okay. I'm sorry. It was like 15 degrees there the other day when it was 80 degrees. Yeah. It yeah. Tough. It's going to be 15 again tomorrow. I think all right. <laughs> That's when I used to get sick. It's like 80, 15, 60, like all over the place. So, um, any last, um, advice or last thing you want to leave with, um, people who are listening to this? Um, you got this. It's going to be okay. It's going to be awesome. Um, trust your counselors here at UC easy, ask some questions, be honest with them. Um, and seniors, it's going to be all right. I promise you got this. It's going to be great. And we can't wait to celebrate you in June. (laughs) Thank you, Annie. Appreciate your time. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Our team of experts at UCEZ are proud to support students in 26 states. Last year, 98% of our students were admitted into colleges ranked among the top 10% in the country. But what we are most proud of is that we take our students from where they are and help them get to where they want to go. For more about what we do at UCEZ, check out our website at uceasy.com. Thank you for listening.